for content creators, it's all about the process. I dive into Lawrence Jackson Jr.'s content creation process on this episode of Third and Wine. It's football, it's wine, it's all the time. Welcome to Third in Wine. My name is Caitlin Brower. I am your host, and we are here for another episode. It's been about two weeks since my last episode, and I feel like nothing crazy has happened, but probably the biggest thing is the NFL schedule release. And let's talk real quickly about the New York Giants and what the hell is that schedule we had uh, it sucks <laughs> and it's going to be a hard one, but that's probably the biggest thing happening over the last couple of weeks, but I'm so excited to be back for another episode of third and wine. I have a great guest with me tonight and I can't wait to kick off the conversation with him. So without further ado, let's bring him on. Welcome to Lawrence Jackson Jr. Lawrence, thank you so much for joining me on third and wine. Uh, can't wait to get this episode kicked off, but first and foremost, uh, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Lawrence Jackson Jr., like you said, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm just out here milling about, man, you know, uh, <laughs> you could, uh, you know, find all my content on the, like you see it here, Lord Don't Lose on all social media platforms, uh, doing, uh, doing all my writing and social content videos and all that good stuff at NBCSportsEdge.com. Awesome. And I did have to confirm with Lawrence before the show that that was indeed an Atlanta hat, not an Alabama hat. So if you did not know, I am a huge Alabama fan. So I had to confirm that. But unfortunately, it's not what I was. It's it's a good player that you got back there. That Tua Tagovailoa, that's a good player you got back there. (laughs) I do love all of them. I love my Crimson Tide, but it's okay because I was going to say the A on my wine glass is a completely different one on your hat. (laughs) But that is totally okay. Um, So, you know, to get started real quick, you know, what I do on some of these episodes, just kind of talk about some trending topics, you know, hot topics that are going on in the NFL. So this topic, actually, this actually happened today. Um, So just wanted to get your quick thoughts. So we have a new rule in the NFL that specifies that the fair catch off a free kick safety or kickoff must occur behind the team's 25-yard line in order for the ball to be placed at the 25. So this new rule, uh, obviously all the owners voted on it and it went into place today. Everyone's saying that it's, you know, to protect the players a little bit more, maybe to a little bit less concussions. For me, the the return is like a very skilled, like, you know, that position is very skilled. And if you have a player that can do it well, like you are a threat in the NFL. So I think this rule is really trying just to have teams be like, yeah, F it, let's kick it out to the end zone. Let's start on the 25. But what are your thoughts on this, this new rule here? Uh, I've been around the game for a long time, decades long. Um, this taken away from it. Um, yeah, it, it's gonna it's gonna mess up people' jobs, uh, players and coaches. The special teams coaches, they speaking out about it. They pissed about it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I mean, you got pro bowl returners yeah. that, you know, they become pro bowlers and all pro because of uh, how they return the ball. Well, you know, if you got a good returner back there, well, you can eliminate that by kicking like you scared or so, you know. So, um, you know, I, I ain't really with it. But the good thing about it is it's a it's on a trial run. So they're going right. to do it. They're going to do it for this year. Right. And then they'll see what happened with it. And then they'll go back to it. It'll be like that, uh, like the re- being able to review the uh, pass interference. We right. did that a couple years ago. And they realized that was dumb as hell. Because uh, <laughs> it, it just, you could do that every single play. Every, right? That's what it was becoming. I think when they introduced that rule, it was, okay, if you're going to do this, that's it. Everything's under under the microscope now. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, once they see that, it's like kind of weak as hell. And, you know, yeah. I think they'll come back to playing regular football in 2024. Regular football. Let's get that back, people, like you had just said. I love that. And I, I think what I've seen, too, online today, you're right. It's the special teams conversation. I think I saw a tweet that was like, all right, next step, let's just eliminate special teams at this point because that's what you're doing here. So I'm not surprised that coaches and players of that area are speaking up and are not okay with it. But I do like the comment that you made of let's get back to regular football because a lot of the stuff lately is just completely changing it. And I feel like I just don't want something that I don't love in five years from now. So yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that was the biggest thing that came out of today. I did know in my intro, I, I noted, you know, the the schedule release, but it's a little far behind us. Um, but I know people are still talking about that. Um, but moving into a couple of questions that I have for for you. So I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, your role at NBC Sports. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I kind of, you know, I do a little this, I do a little that, um, you know, talking talking obviously football you know whether it be from a fantasy standpoint whether it be from a uh you know NFL draft prospect standpoint whether it be from a uh betting and gaming standpoint you know just doing all that type of content uh whether it be in uh you know the written form the uh the short form video which is kind of how that's how I got in uh mm-hmm. and began working with them and then uh obviously the long form whether that be in uh you know podcasts nbc has two podcasts for fantasy mm-hmm. one is the roto world football show and then the other one is uh fantasy football happy hour with matthew berry which uh you know they let me on that sometimes so you know, uh, we working on the, we actually work, me and the other fellas at uh, Roto World, we working on the fantasy draft guide for this year right now. So uh, that'll be out uh, soon enough. Last year, I will say this here, uh, Jalen Hurts was on the cover of that. Okay. And, uh, and uh, he went on to be the best quarterback in fantasy. So everybody should look out to see who, I don't know who they going to put on the cover, mm-hmm. but you should look out to see who on the cover for that. Cause then he might have a good season, great season rather. But uh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of it in a nutshell. What, what I do over there, just a, a, a whole lot of, you know, doings with, uh, with football. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. I think that's, you know, a really, 
really awesome role that you have doing a couple of different things, but being able to, to do that for NBC Sports is very, very cool. Um, so listen, I've seen you on Twitter, I've seen you on TikTok, I've seen you on Instagram, you're all over the map. I know you mentioned video earlier. So I would just love to understand, you know, what does your creative process look like when you're creating these videos or when you share, you know, you hop onto Twitter and you share your thoughts because you're putting out really awesome stuff. I love what I'm seeing. So does you know, getting into your mind of the creative process behind it. Yeah, well, uh, first off, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm like, uh, my, when it comes to the content, my mind is always going. Like, I'm always thinking about something. I tell people that, uh, like, technically, I'm really working, like, 24-7 because mm -hmm. I'm always thinking about the next thing or, you know, I could be thinking about what I want to put out next week but i'm also thinking about something that i feel like will be good a month from now on a particular day because yeah. something might happen because something I, like i get a good feel of what's gonna be you know what we're gonna be talking about at that time so uh you know i i take those thoughts and then i'm simply you know i'm getting in front of my phone or or a camera or you know, the laptop here and just doing the content. And I pretty much, I, I like to make my content like, like as if you talking to me face to face as a person, that's how I like my content to be. So you're going to hear uh, like real uh, emotions in my real tone as if I was like shooting the shit with people right there, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, that's what I feel like, uh, you know, when you do like a selfie video, I don't be taking no picture selfies. I don't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I leave that for other folks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the the selfie video, I feel like you could like actually, you know, you know, you in the conversation. Some there's been other times I've done content from the studio at NBC headquarters. Uh, but it that kind of gives less of a feel of being right there. Like I want that, you know, um, like we hear, cause what you, when you go out Sunday and you watching football, you at a bar or something, you had a sports bar and you watching right. the games. That's the vibe I want to give. Cause that's that. what, cause that's what I be doing. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So, um, then it goes to, you know, like editing, um, you got to kind of be like wacko in the head a little bit, like, like not one of them weirdo wackos, but like a wacko when it kind of, you know, just being crazed about this game. And, uh, I enjoy the process of putting it all together, uh, like editing and doing the videos and just putting the little things in there that'll, that I know that'll separate me, uh, from what somebody else be doing. Right. You'll see a lot now in days when it comes to short form video. It's a lot of that going on now. A lot of people doing that. Whereas to probably like two years ago, it wasn't a lot of that going on. But two, three years ago, that's when I started doing it. A lot of people who know me a little more than you do, they'll know and they'll see that a few years ago, I was doing it from my work truck. I would do fantasy football videos from my work truck. I used to work on a truck and I would do it like that. 
You know what I'm saying? It's get it how you live, like however you can get it done. So even while at work, I was, you know, doing this. So now that I get to, you know, chill a little bit, I ain't on no truck no more. So, you know, now I just get to, you know, I, I get to be creative. I get to go to different places with different scenery. And it's all about switching it up, uh, having fun, because people are going to know whether or not you love doing what you do. Right. So for me personally, like it's already football. When I grew up, that's all I know. Well, wasn't I ain't good enough to play football professionally. So now I can at least, you know, be involved with the game. So that's what when I'm doing my content, all that stuff is going through my mind because I take every single video, every single word in line seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Um, the entire answer was so good. You know, I, I relate to you on the fact that you're trying to get out there like you are watching the game and you're yeah. telling the people what you're literally doing right now. You know, I have built up my Twitter over the last nine years or so with that mentality in mind as well, that if I'm sitting on my couch on Sunday and I'm reacting to the Giants playing, you're getting every reaction from me raw. If I tweet out something or if I come on and do a video after or my podcast the, fi the, the following week, it's everything. And I want people to, you know, be here one-on-one -on -one with me. I want them to experience it. And clearly it's working. Again, I've seen all of your stuff and you're super successful, but I can say for me as well with my personal brand, it clearly works when, you know, you are acting like you're, you're grabbing a beer with someone to go watch the game on Sunday. So um, I love that. And it just, it truly shows, you know, also within your answer, the passion that you have behind this. So I love getting on here and talking, you know, with fellow content creators, especially in the realm of football, because it's a lot to put into this, but at the end of the day, you got to love it. And clearly people, yeah. you know, like you do, um, yeah. it comes through your work a hundred percent. Yeah, definitely got to love it. Uh, people could tell, and you got to love it without, um, you know, getting paid, whatever uh, X yeah. amount, <laughs> whatever, like you just got to think it's fun. Like I still do it for free. I do. Well, well, <laughs> well, maybe not, but, <laughs> I still got that. That's that's right. in me. You gotta, you know, you gotta treat it just like you. It's like you know, you just doing uh, do what you like. You'll get a lot. You'll get this question a lot. A lot of content creators will get the question and they don't have an answer. I used to didn't have an answer for right. this too. They would say, "What? Well, what exactly do you want to do?" I didn't used to know that. So the way I found that answer out was one day I just started doing what I wanted to do. I didn't have a specific thing I wanted to do. I did what I wanted to do. And then it led to other things that, you know, I ended up liking doing as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. All right, so let's get into, so we're talking about your content creation process, but let's dig in here a little bit to the insights and, you know, the stuff that you're thinking about right now in regards to football. Um, so one of your very popular trending videos over the last couple of weeks has to do, you know, with the draft. 
Uh, and it has to do with where uh, Jameer Gibbs from Alabama uh, was drafted, going to Detroit at number 12. A very unpopular pick. So I, when I stumbled across your profile and I saw this video, I knew I liked you immediately because of your take on this. Um, I'm no bias because I'm an Alabama fan. Um, That's what I, I was about to say. I no, like you to- it's a no bias. Um, <laughs> I think he's a very talented player. And I must say, obviously, I've been watching him. I actually had the opportunity to see him in person this year and to see him live on the field, right up close and personal, a lot different than watching him on TV. I got to tell you that I think he's a very talented player. I did not hate this pick at 12. I actually saw him falling to the New York Giants in a couple of mock drafts. And I was like, let's do it. Let's go. (laughs) I'm on board with it. But Can you, you know, for my audience who has not seen this video, please go ahead and watch it. But for now, can you share your take on this pick? Yeah, um, like you said, a lot of people didn't like the pick of Jameer Gibbs at number 12 overall. I don't know whether it was because it was so high in the first round. I know even him, he himself said he thought he was going to go in the 20s, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, but – what it shows is this what because they had two the Lions had two first round picks right. they took the linebacker Jack Campbell at 18 um well first things first anyone who doubt who's doubting that pick of Jameer Gibbs at 12 they don't like good football players cuz so because what are you supposed to do if you're the Lions and you want Jameer Gibbs you're supposed to wait till 18 or well, what if somebody else takes him nah you have to go get your guy. And a lot of people thought it didn't make sense because at the time they still hadn't traded DeAndre Shrew. But you had to know that DeAndre Shrew was falling out of favor with that Lions regime. Dan Campbell wasn't the head coach when he drafted, uh, when they drafted DeAndre Swift. Well, he the head coach when they drafted Jameer Gibbs. And despite, despite all the struggles that DeAndre Swift had, Last season with the Lions, he missed three games. He was in and out of the lineup. He was losing time to a a career backup in Justin Jackson. And he still was able to accumulate over 900 yards from scrimmage, DeAndre Swift. So just imagine what Jameer Gibbs is going to do in that offense, especially from real football, fantasy football, however you want to put it. Um, He's not just the pass catcher out of the backfield. Right. Although he does that at an elite level, he's an elite level receiving back average 40 catches uh, his last two years in uh, college. He can run between the tackles. He'll compliment yep. David Montgomery. Well, he'll have a good role in that offense. Quite. I mean, I don't think he's he's better than David Montgomery already, but, you know, they're not going to give him a full workload uh, out of the gate. I would actually say that Alabama, uh, you know, they underutilized him. Like he could have been used even more. I think so. You know, and and they might have been uh they might have been better off. But uh, he'll give you everything you want in a in in a number one running back. And what you like the most out of him is it is his explosiveness. So yes. whether it be uh you know whether it be getting the ball and running in between the tackles or whether it be you know, catching the ball out of the backfield or motioning him out, uh, lining him up in the slot, letting him do what he do. 
he's going to get that ball and he can hit that top gear quicker than mm -hmm. uh, any back in this draft. Mm -hmm. That was the one thing that stood out to me, um, seeing him live actually in person. Uh, he had a standout game and that was it was the explosiveness like you said right right on the line there and just breaking through and making you know what they needed at that point was it 10 yards was it a longer run and he was doing it and he was getting that right away and it was within seconds it wasn't a delayed movement or anything like that so i love that you use the word explosiveness because i think that is a a true definition behind this kid for sure all right. So that was clearly, you know, a big take that you had from the draft and you, you obviously had a bunch more, but what would you say was your biggest takeaway from the draft in general? I'll tell you what was, uh, in interesting to me. Um, probably not a lot of people will say this, but there was 14 quarterbacks drafted in this year's class. So yeah. obviously, you know, you know, the starters, uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, at some point, Will Levis. Though, well, the first three definitely should be starting week one. Uh, the other ones, maybe not so much, but 14 quarterbacks drafted. Um, so I say that because this draft, I think it was a good draft to, uh, you know, and this is what my buddy uh, Emery Hunt says at CBS Sports. It's, it was a good draft to uh to to get a backup quarterback a quality a guy you could mold into a backup quarterback at the very least 12 quarterbacks drafted in the first five rounds that's an nfl record so while this ain't gonna be looked at as like the best quarterback draft class as a whole because maybe you don't get as you know many starters out of it but you'll get a lot of quality guys who you know at the very least, could come off your bench and, you know, relieve that starter. Like a, um, I'll throw a guy, Jaron Hall, got picked in the sixth round out of BYU. He's going to Minnesota. He could get in there, do some good things at camp. Kirk Cousins, last year of the contract, we don't know what's, we don't know what's gonna happen there. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson out of UCLA, going to Cleveland. Uh, they just lost Jacoby Brissett. He yep. could get in there, compete. The Rams didn't even have a backup quarterback. They took Stetson Bennett in the fourth round. You got Matt Stafford coming off the injury. So, you know, a lot of a lot of dudes, you got Hendon Hooker, mm -hmm. big SEC guy coming off the injury, probably would have got drafted higher yep. uh, had he not torn the ACL. But you got him there you know with the lions who got they on the upswing right now so um but jared goff no disrespect to jared goff because he he fucking balling right now he was balling <laughs> last year right but just a lot of uh quality quarterbacks in the in the in that specific role that's what uh stood out most to me there yeah Here's why I love that take, because you have to analyze the past couple of seasons and look at the history of quarterbacks that are getting injured and they have to not just go to their second, 
backup to the backup. They're going to the backup backup in these past, I would say three to four seasons. We're seeing, you know, guys step on the field and you're like, wait, who is that guy? Oh, I'm sorry. He just came right. up from the practice squad because three of my quarterbacks are injured already. So we're seeing such a heavy push against these quarterbacks, not even just from an injury standpoint, but from a performance standpoint as well. You get on the field and you're not doing well two weeks in. They're like, mm, I don't really know if he's our guy. Yeah, so they're yeah. going to start questioning. <laughs> Dep- um, yeah, definitely depending on your, who you are. And and just right. to go off what you said real quick, we had the Miami Dolphins started a seventh-round pick in the playoffs, Skylar yep. Thornton. You know, <laughs> Tua got hurt. Yep. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. Sky Thorne is in the is in the playoffs starting. And I think that had a little bit to do with all these quarterbacks getting drafted. Also, right. you got Brock Purdy, who came in. Uh, he was the third quarterback. They started off with Trey Lance, went to Jimmy G, yep. ended up going to the NFC Championship game with Mr. Irrelevant. Yep. So that right there, that gets in these coaches and these GMs' minds. And they're like, hey, we want to have us a dude who could, you know, move around a little bit, who could run the offense, smart players who could come in and get it done. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even with, I think it was, what, a couple of days ago or last week, now that third string quarterback doesn't count as a roster spot. So these yeah. teams, they really have to pack it on. If anything, they every team in the NFL has to carry three quarterbacks this year. There really is no excuse at this point. Um, but yeah, so I think it's a, it's a really good point and a great takeaway from this draft to even note that 14 were taken. Um, but you're absolutely right with that mindset. Well, I, I had to, I knew it was a lot. I had to look it up before I I didn't know it was 14 to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) It is a lot. It's absolutely a lot, but I'm sure a lot of people listening right now did not realize it was that many as well, but when you think about it and you put your, again, that mindset on of, yeah, we're going to need someone and potentially the worst case scenario, which we've seen the worst case scenario happen for many teams over the last like three to four seasons. So even most recently in the 2022 season. Right. All right. Let's get locked into fantasy a little bit. I know you had mentioned earlier that you do have a guide coming out. So obviously when that comes out, I'd be happy to share that with my audience. I've got a big fantasy football following. So I know everyone's getting ready even though drafts aren't probably until August, people are getting ready right now. It's May. They're looking forward to the summer. They're looking forward to their fantasy football drafts. So um, who are five key players people should be locked in on for this season in fantasy football? And, you know, maybe people that we might not be thinking about. Yeah, well, there's always the, the, the age old saying goes, you can't win your fantasy draft in the first round, but you could definitely lose it. But the way you don't lose it is by getting those players in the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth rounds. Those are usually the players that uh, contribute heavily to help you win your league or get close to it, to where you can win a, you know, a little bit of money, however y'all do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, the first dude I want to talk about is a Devon eight chain for the Miami dolphins. He walking into a decent opportunity here. One of the most explosive offenses in the league, definitely in the passing game. You know, you got two of there, Jalen Waddle, obviously. Well, and then obviously, obviously, Tyreek Hill <laughs> there. Um, but at, at the running back position, they got Raheem Mostert and um John uh Will uh and, and they got Wilson, who are oft injured. 
you know, so often injured. So, you know, uh, Devon A-Chain has a chance right here. And this was uh, this was the Dolphins' second draft pick. They took a corner first mm-hmm. uh, dude from South Carolina, Cam Smith. And then in the third round, they took uh, Devon A-Chain, a uh, guy who's small in stature, 5'9", 188, but runs in between the tackles. He's, he's carried the load at Texas A&M. Runs a four three two forty. He'll almost immediately be a factor in the uh, in the kit return game. So if, if the situation calls for it, we could find it. Like I put it like this: If I'm drafting any Miami running back, Miami running backs aren't dudes. You you know you're not licking your chops for them right now. <laughs> but if there's any Miami back that you want to draft, it should uh, be Devon A Chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another running back I like is, uh, JK Dobbins. Yeah. Now that they got, you know, you know, they got Todd Monk and new offensive coordinator in Baltimore is going to change that offense around. Uh, that offense is going to do a whole, Not a, hope three, so. <laughs> a whole, the, the, the plays. So when we're talking about the Baltimore offense, we can no longer call it run heavy or because it, that's, it's completely scrapped away. Yep. Uh, we saw J.K. Dobbins last year try to come back, but you can see he was still that knee injury was still lingering. Um, you know he was he was in the timeshare whenever he played, splitting the carries. He's been vocal about like, hey, just let me carry the load and we could do this. So if you want to see what that offense is gonna look like, all you have to do is go back to UGA Bulldogs the past couple of years where they was running over everybody and doing whatever they wanted. So I like I, I like him there. Uh, I like my boy Cam Akers here for the Los Angeles Rams. The final six weeks of last season, he was a top five fantasy running back despite the Rams absolutely stanking the, the, <laughs> the place up. They roster yeah. ain't one of the best right now. But when we talking about from a fantasy perspective, you want the guys, <clears throat> you want the guys who are gonna get the ball the most and who got some talent. Mm-hmm. That's Cam Akers. And when now, I mean, you got on the Rams, you got Cooper Cup and you got Cam Akers. You got t- uh, Tyler Higby for people that like to reach, and I'm not one of them people. Uh, but yeah, Cam Akers, he'll be a he'll be another he'll be another solid uh, value there for you at running back. Couple of receivers, I got two here. Uh, the first one is DJ Moore, okay. who a lot who a lot of people are worried about going to the Chicago Bears. The Bears were dead last as a passing offense. Part of the reason for that was Justin Fields didn't have a guy like a DJ Moore to go to. Mm-hmm. By, the, by midway through the season, he was depending on his tight end Cole Komet. He lost his uh, you know, he lost his top receiver, Darnell Mooney. He'll come back. So you get uh, DJ Moore, you get Darnell Mooney, you get a bigger role for Chase Claypool. Not the greatest receiving group, but it'll easily be the best thing that Justin Fields has had to work with since he's right. been a pro. And and the thing about DJ Moore, right, still a young receiver. Um, he had three seasons of at least 1,100 receiving yards. And this is what, guys, we're talking about Kyle Allen. 
some of the people watching this might not even know some of these players. You got Cam Newton, but not the best Cam Newton. You got the injured Cam Newton. Right. You had Teddy Bridgewater. You had Sam Darnold. You had PJ Walker. Um, these aren't guys. Listing off these names here. <laughs> and he and he was going yep. for eleven hundred yards with these guys. He so was. Just yep. Imagine, you know. Scale back a little bit the running for Justin Fields, and I think you got a great value in DJ Moore. And I think this one is not really a secret, but he could slip through the cracks. And it's Calvin Ridley. Some people might, you know, take into consideration the fact that he ain't play. He, you know, he was just doing. He was just trying to make himself a little bit of money, just like the rest of us. You know, we I think all he's do. gonna come back and have a kick-ass season. I think it's gonna yeah. be insane nah, he what is. we see from him. Yeah, the crazy thing about the Jaguars' offense is that they still got room for improvement. They did, and they and, and, and they had Christian Kirk who went for a thousand. They had Zay Jones who caught eighty balls for over eight hundred yards. So you throw Calvin really in there; he's basically replacing uh, Marvin Jones, but he'll yeah. skip to that. He'll skip to that number one spot. So the fact that he didn't play since 2021 and he only played five games that season too um that'll become moot real quick once his seasons get going still only 28 years old so divine a chain jk dobbins cam Akers, dj moore and calvin ridley those are five guys i'll be targeting uh in my fantasy drafts all right. Well, I hope everyone was taking notes. I certainly was taking some mental notes and I will be watching this on demand <laughs> when I get closer to my draft. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, this would be a great clip too, as we inch closer to uh, draft season, but um, you know, any other, you know, early fantasy advice or thoughts, you know, do you have, cause you know, right now teams are at OTAs, we're seeing them to start practicing. So we are inching closer to this season. So any other advice that you might have for, you know, my audience? Yeah. When it comes to, you know, just doing the fantasy draft again, we're for, from a redraft standpoint, we're still a couple of months away, but people doing dynasty drafts all the time, but whatever the case a lot of talk is made about ADP, which is average draft position in mm -hmm. ADP value and where you can get the player. If you're, if you're really feeling good about a player and you don't feel like you'll get him the next round, you have to say screw the ADP and get your guy much like what the Lions did with Jameer Gibbs because you'd rather be safe yeah. than sorry. It's always better in anything in life to be too early than to be too late. Well, most of the time, most of the time in life, that's better. Um, in this case, in fantasy and then winning your league, uh, being too early, right? Because you don't want to just be, you don't want to miss out on that player. Right. And then you just see the person who sniped you around or not sniped, but the person who picked them around or two ahead of you. You know, they just enjoying all that stats and all that production. We've all been there. We've all and then, been there. And, and look, they didn't even really, they weren't even really looking at them like that. No. You, But you, you come into the draft, you looking your chops. You like, man, I can't wait to draft <laughs> Lamar Jackson. But then somebody else just mistakenly gets them and they like, then they get, they in week eight, their team seven and one, your team ass. And it's because you didn't go get it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So go get your players and have fun with this thing. Yeah. 
I listen, I love the advice of having fun with it. It is honestly, <laughs> I always look to fantasy when like I'm very thankful the Giants finally had a good season last year. But you know, it's been a rough couple seasons for me as a Giants fan. I um, love that I just get to kind of turn it off with fantasy and kind of root for for something else and just have yeah. fun. It is fun, honestly. And of course, we're, you know, some people are betting money. I'm not the type, I'm not in fantasy drafts where I'm betting like uh, too much money um it's just like a couple it's a couple bucks here and there but it is fun i'm in like three different leagues they are fun you get to you know hang out with your friends you get to draft with them talk shit with them week after yeah, right. week that's, that's what it's about fun. yeah of course so great advice obviously great advice across the board but to have fun that is great advice i think yeah definitely all right, so it is the time of the episode. I do this segment with all of my guests. Uh, I have a clear spin on football and wine for this uh, this podcast, since it is literally called Third and Wine. Um, so I always give my guests the opportunity to quote unquote, wine it out. So I give you the opportunity <laughs> to complain or to get it off your chest, anything that you want to. So listen, Lawrence, the mic has been yours this entire episode, but it's back with you to wine <laughs> it out. Anything you want. Yeah. Um, I, I ain't much of a complainer, but, uh, you know, for, for the sake of this show, um, uh, I'm actually going to turn this towards you and your and the rest of the Giants fans. Um <laughs> what because did we it, do? <laughs> it, not that you did anything wrong. Um so you know your quarterback, Daniel Jones, congratulations to him, uh, because he signed a deal that'll give him eighty two million in the next two seasons. Uh the only problem with that is, and I don't even know if it's a problem because at the end of the day he gonna play. Mm -hmm. But Saquon is still without a deal. Now, I saw I, your video on that as well. It's a very, you have great points. I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's crazy. I don't even remember doing no video on that, to be honest. But I'll probably uh, mention some of the same things here. Uh, you know, these stats, for once, I don't have them ready off the top of my head, but I can assure you that uh Daniel Jones performance is much his 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 performances are much less effective and productive those games the past few years when Saquon Barkley is out of the lineup mm -hmm. um the fact that Saquon Barkley was able to come back this year play every single game and be that threat that he yeah. is to defenses that open it opened up so many things for Daniel Jones. Hell, Daniel Jones better be giving him some of that paycheck <laughs> because when Daniel Jones run that read option and all them players run towards Saquon, Daniel Jones does what he does. He uses yeah. that you know that great straight line football speed that he got, mm -hmm. and it you know it got him to seven hundred rushing yards, which is great uh, for for a quarterback who's uh, mobile. So. I just would like to see the Giants make something right and get it, you know, yeah. get it right with Saquon. Because uh, for now and, you know, the next year or two after that, that offense is uh, it's going to go through him. You saw it in the playoff game that, uh, you know, that they won against the Vikings. He scores the touchdown, you know, on the first drive. So in my in my book, He's still a top three talent at the mm -hmm. position. 
when everyone's at their best, I'm going to take Saquon over a hell of a lot of guys, maybe outside of, I don't know, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry. But he up there with the top, so they yeah. need to go ahead and work mm-hmm. something out with that man. Yeah, listen, I, I 100% agree with you. I think that, you know, Giants fans in particular were not uh, thinking we would be in this situation coming into this year to where we right. have to pay, you know, two big players coming off of two phenomenal seasons for the two of them. Um, I think just with the nature of the NFL right now, you know, you have to claim your franchise quarterback quickly and running backs are replaceable. And sure. it is a it's a throwing game and the run game is, you know, slowly dwindling away. So they're not going to get paid and people find them. And I don't agree. I listen, I don't agree with it at all, but that's, yeah, no, but that, 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 that's what people are saying. Right. But you got a guy in, uh, in Daniel Jones and and this number will improve this year. You know, they got a couple of receivers now and they'll get one of Robinson back, but, he threw 15 touchdowns and ran for 700 yards, so they wasn't throwing the ball all that much. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it, you know, they, they'll, they'll get it together. Um, mm-hmm. But in about Saquon, this is what I say to those fans that say that. Saquon ain't just one of them running backs. That's like I so, know. <laughs> some of these dudes, like, I get moving. Even, I, I mean – I guess even Christian, we almost forgot how good Christian McCaffrey was until the Panthers was like, you know what? We sorry as hell anyway. Let's trade him off, Let's see what he could do. Him. He got to the 49ers, and he was running shit out there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, you know, I, I actually expect Saquon to have a better season this year yeah. than he had last year because the overall team, should be better. Should be better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I you know, I think, you know, it the same thing was happening for Saquon two seasons ago. I actually entered last season open to trading him before the season started because he's coming off an injury. I didn't know anything like that. And listen, prove me wrong. Hell yeah, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> he did. I loved everything from him this season. And I am more I I hope we get him back. If it doesn't work out, I will be royally disappointed. Um, but there are instances where that does happen. And like you had just said with Carolina, you know, they were, they were going down, down and they're just said, you know what, <laughs> let's just get rid right. of him and see. And Christian McCaffrey went to uh, San Fran and acted like he had been playing for them for the last 10 years. Right. And you probably felt that way yeah. about Saquon coming into the season. Cause you probably didn't feel like you'd be in the playoffs. No. But no. if you if you did feel like that, you'd be like, hell no, nah, we, we gotta keep this man right here. And nobody who that big, yeah. thick, and muscular moves that fast and nimble. Yes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's something different, man. He is. <laughs> he he's is. And I different. and I think it is only getting better. Like you said, I agree that I think we're we're gonna see some big stuff from him this season, more so than we've seen in the past. So that For gets sure. me very excited, obviously, but <laughs> All right. Well, honestly, this was such an incredible episode. I learned so much in regards to fantasy. I am ready. Like I said, I'm going to be replaying this come August. I'm going to be clipping this. This audience is going to have to really learn from this. And I think they're going to, you know, not just on that, but just, just, 
in general, being a content creator, it, you know, with, you know, football, things like that. I learned so much from you there. I love the passion. I love the energy you have behind everything you do. You clearly know what you talk about, but you love what you talk about. And I, sure. I truly appreciate that, you know, as a fellow content creator, as a fellow just football lover in general. So, Lawrence, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Third and Wine. Real quickly, just as a reminder for our audience, can you tell everyone where they can follow you? Yeah, you know, Lord at Lord, don't lose uh, every social. I'm in there. All right. Awesome. Well, that is it for this episode of Third and Wine. Thank you for everyone who has tuned in live across Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And for all of my lovely podcast subscribers across all of your favorite podcast channels, I will catch you on the next episode of Third and Wine. Thank you so much and have a great night.